Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You doing, man? How you doing? I'm feeling great, we got man. We the house tonight. Yes, we do, man. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. Titans in here. About to go off, dude. We ready to do this stuff? We're ready to rock, man. We ready to rock, Camera yeah. guys, ready to roll. Mike, you ready? Ready. Ready. Listen free to Hot Boxing, exclusively available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave, here's Dan Patrick. Hope you had a great weekend, everybody. Gang's all here. Well, almost. We're uh, Danette down. Fritzy is off today. None of us knew. We didn't know that he was off today until I came in, and about two minutes ago, I said to Paulie, where's Fritzy? And I realized Fritzy wasn't here today. But he'll be with us in spirit. Wait, is that a good thing that Fritzy's not with us today? Wow, it has started early here. All right. Uh, McLevin is here. Seton's here. And also Paulie's here. And uh, you, of course, there at home or in your car, at work, wherever you are. If you'd like to get in touch with the program, you can a variety of ways. You can dial us up, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. Say good morning to our radio and TV partners around the country. Regardless of whether or not you got the result you wanted over the weekend, the Fury-Wilder uh, uh, fight didn't, uh, did not disappoint there. One of the bigger fights in recent memory, and maybe one of the bigger heavyweight fights that we've had in recent decades. I mean, if you look back last couple of decades, and it had that unique atmosphere. When you get that super fight, that, that fight that's an event, you have A-list celebrities there, you have former heavyweight champs there, and the Tyson Fury knocked uh, the Tyson Fury knockdown of Deontay uh, Deontay Wilder. Man, I better start again here. Um, it was something that you saw that you weren't quite sure if they were going to continue this, this fight when his uh, corner threw in the towel. Wilder was bleeding from his ear, and at one point, Fury appeared to lick the blood off Wilder's body. And uh, for the guy known as the Gypsy King, who probably was over 400 pounds not too long ago. He cemented his status as one of the more interesting athletes in the world, not just fighters. And I don't know how long this goes because it can disappear in a hurry. It would be great for the sport if Tyson Fury's success reinvigorates the heavyweight division and adds the much-needed hype to the boxing world. It's been a while since you've had that feeling where you're watching something. It was must-see TV. And... If I was, and I know that uh, Dante Wilder has been critical of his corner saying, look, you didn't need to throw in the towel. The point that I would make is if you're going to have that third fight, then you, you want to make sure that you protect him from himself. And I, I certainly understood it. I thought that uh, uh, Wilder was in trouble maybe in the third and fourth round. But uh, Tyson Fury is a boxer. Deontay Wilder is a puncher. And I think you saw that. Uh, and I think you get that wrong impression of Tyson Fury because he's 6'8". He's, you know, 275 pounds where he can't be a boxer. He is a boxer. And you saw that uh, Saturday night. Uh, we'll have a poll question, McLovin. I don't know if it's based off the fight. Chris Mannix, who uh, was at the fight, will join us uh, coming up. He's also in Los Angeles for the uh, Kobe Bryant tribute uh, later on tonight. Yes, McLovin. I have a question. I guess it could be a poll question. Do we need to see a Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder rematch? Wasn't there enough that happened on Saturday night to sort of end that story or would, will that be good? 
Well, unless you get him to fight Anthony Joshua, and, and what will happen is Tyson Fury may fight somebody else before we get to Dante Wilder. Wilder may fight somebody else before he gets to Tyson Fury. You know, you could still build that up again. Um, I think if it would have been close and either one was the victor, then you could really sell that. To me, this Tyson Fury was the better boxer, and he was the better boxer from pretty much the get-go. Uh, Deontay Wilder didn't get that chance to load up and try to... And, you know, I know people are going to be you know, critical of his corner, saying, well, he wanted to go out on his shield. I've seen too many situations where the boxer goes out on a stretcher, not a shield. You know, and if you're going to have a third fight, then protect him. That's all. Protect him. He took a beating. Protect him. But I think you could still sell this. It's just you feel like this is the preliminary bout to Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. It feels like that. What else do you have, McLovin? Uh, okay, this is a Pauly special and off of. We were all pretty grossed out by <laughs> the fight, parts of the fight. Would you rather get hit in the head or the stomach if you were a person? And also, I think the ears, as we saw on Saturday night, are a vulnerable spot when you're boxing. Well, that was a surprising punch there because that I may have ruptured his eardrum and then he started bleeding from his ear when he took that shot. And he went down when he took that shot. It, it, that's not your typical, that was a great punch that you landed. And, and I didn't know if that bordered on uh, questionable with where he hit him. Why is that? It's illegal to hit the back of the head? Yeah. The rabbit punches, I think they talk about. But where he hit him, he hit him in the ear. I don't know if you know Wilder was leaning down towards it or maybe you know Fury ended up hitting him there, didn't aim to hit him there. But that was a that was pretty devastating punch because Wilder went down. Is there even a poll question about whether it was a mistake to throw in the towel? Because I feel like every media reporter I've seen who've covered it said it was it was over. Um, I but I know the coroner said that it was too soon. But it feels like the media is like, oh God, he was in big trouble. Yeah, I don't want to be somebody who's questioning the corner because I don't know what's going on in that corner, and they do know that. And Mark Breland is an experienced. Uh, corner man, and if he wanted to throw in the towel or the other trainer wanted to throw in it, the, then that's that's on them, not me to go, oh, well, how can you throw in the towel? He might have really been in trouble there, for all we know. And I think we've seen some fights that have gone on too long, but if they threw in the towel, I, I could see, you know, maybe erring to the side of caution, considering the beating you've taken for the last four rounds, three and a half rounds, and if you want to set up another fight, you know, given the ages of these two guys, you know, Deontay Wilder doesn't have much much longer to be on this kind of pedestal. Yeah, Paul. You know, one thing before the fight, uh, Tyson Fury said, I'm going to go for the early knockout round two or three because I can't win at the cards. So after about the third round, like, man, he he's really going after him. He's really, and be, like you said, the perception of him, he doesn't look like he's in great shape. Yeah. But we don't know. We don't know what's under that. I hate to say it, but he has a little bit of flab on the front of him. And I thought the total opposite. I thought after the third round, like, well, now Wilder's going to, you know, he took a beating and he's going to turn this around. I thought he's going to go the other way. Yeah, he just never got off. Uh, and, and give credit to Fury because he worked on some things that hurt him in the first ma- uh, first uh, match between these two. And he was just a, a very good boxer there. And it looked like he was pretty confident. I like the entrances. I liked everything about it. I didn't need the pre-fight hype where they were toe-to-toe with each other. I never bought into that. Unless you throw a punch there, I don't want to see it. And then you got to the ring. Uh, you had some celebrities there. You had Mike Tyson was there. Patrick Mahomes was there. Like, those are the kind of nights that you need with boxing. You know, it was just fun. 
What other poll questions do you have, well, McLevin? I have other poll questions. There's some good NBA ones, but I also have some numbers that are leaking in right now. What do you mean? Yes, it's that time of year. Hand sizes are coming out for quarterbacks oh, at the NFL oh Scouting my Combine. God. Okay, you have the authority to interrupt me at any point. No matter what is happening, you can interrupt me. All show long. Yes, yeah, so all show long. When you get the hand size of the quarterbacks at the NFL Combine, you may interrupt me. I have one that is going to derail the entire show. You ready? You want it now, or do you want to wait as long as All right, I'm ready. The official sounder of the hand size at the combine, thanks to Hootie and the Blowfish. I knew okay. this song was going to come in handy one. Oh, oh handy. handy. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I just called you. Oh. I think I'm going to call you Handy today, McLovin. You called him handy that before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Wait, Andrew. What? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, a quick distraction. Andrew. The NFL Andrew. Network's Tom Pelissero reports that LSU quarterback Joe Burrow comes in at... What would be a bad hand size? What would be a red flag hand size? Is there a perspective here before we find out what Joe Burrow's was? Uh, I've heard the sweet spot is between 9 and 1 fourth and 9 and 3 eighths. I mean, uh, 9 and 5 eighths. I don't know. I just well, sort of half made that up. Well, what happens if you have size 10 hands? Is size that 10 bad? hands is too big. You're in Flacco territory. So, so you don't want to be Flacco-like. You're a Frankenstein Car- business. Carson Wentz has the size 10 hands. Yeah, I know. And look how many times he's hurt his knee. <laughs> of course. There's a correlation between the two. Well, okay. Tony Romo had the famous 888, and, you know, you never won a Super Bowl, so I guess that. Okay. So I got Joe Burrow. Okay. Want to take a guess? <laughs> I'm going to go... <laughs> Not, nine and five eighths. Ooh. Any other guesses around the room? <laughs> I can't believe this. Just to give you an idea, Andrew Luck had 10-inch hands. Oh. Matt Stafford over 10 inches. Tebow over 10 inches. Uh, guys like Brett Favre, 10 and 3 eighths inches. That's one of the bigger measurements. I'm going to go nine and a quarter. A quarter from Seton O'Connor. Yeah, we just shook his hand three weeks ago. We I know. Were you know. guys noticing the hands? No, hands? no. I was noticing his height. Yes. Okay. Joe Burrow. Comes in officially at nine inches flat. Ooh. Oh boy! Bengals decide to trade the pick instead of taking Joe Burrow due to hand size. Tell but, me he's at least six four. Do we have? T- I can't tell you that. Why not? Because he's not. Oh no! He's no, a- no. You don't want to be six four. Six four is out. The MVP is six two. Lamar Jackson last year's MVP was six two, and Patrick Mahomes. Six four is too tall. Way too tall. Now, now it's too tall. Because you have to be super mobile oh, in today's okay. at quarterback. So you can't be six four. Joe Burrow's six three? Six three and a half. Oh, okay. I was Tiny gonna say hands. I knew that he was taller than me. Well, guess his weight, by the way. I have no idea. <laughs> uh two twenty two. Two twenty one. Oh. That's pretty good. Six three and a half, two twenty one. Yeah. That's like a yeah. Good sized guy. That's because you're sizing him up when we met. And you were like, I'm going to guess like 220. All right. You're a little taller than me. Hands a little smaller than mine. <laughs> Hair's not as good as mine. You look like you weigh a little bit more than me. All right. I liked his hair. No. Oh, I know, but it wasn't as good as mine. Yeah, true. No, it, actually, he had better hair than I did. So, nine inch hands. The tweet was from Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network. 
Joe Burrow has nine inch hands. Now you think that means nine zero, right? Like he wouldn't be like frivolous and say nine inch hands when it was nine and one eighth. No, no, no. They would have it right down to the whatever. Now, does it, Joe it, Burrow work out to try and increase that by his by his uh, private workouts? Who was the quarterback who did this? He stretched his hands. He actually successfully stretched his hands. <laughs> wasn't a wasn't a guy at Arkansas, Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen. Did he successfully stretched his hands? But did he stretch it like a half an inch? I don't know. I don't think it mattered. Last time I looked, Brandon Allen probably not playing a lot of football. Yeah, Paul. They're showing video on TV now of Joe Burrow shaking all our hands <laughs> and they're spot shadowing the handshakes so we could break it down. You at home could break it down. And rightfully so. If you're watching on Audience Channel 239 Direct TV or BR Live, you can see this. That's just that's just great work for the folks in Los Angeles at LABC. Yes, McLeod. Okay, Brandon Allen measured eight and a half at the senior bowl. Ooh. And then he measured eight at seven, eight inches at the combine thanks to massage work. <laughs> Thank God Fritzy's not here, is oh, all I have to say. I know. I know. I actually put the curtain down over Fritzy's chair. What else do you have, McLovin? Do you have other hand signs? No, you know, that's the only one I've got. I've seen pictures of Tua wandering around the building. Uh oh. But uh Do you care about his hands or his height? I would think his height is the big issue. Well, you just told me it doesn't matter if he's around 6'2". No, it's a combo because Drew Brees has gigantic hands but was was small. Okay. What else do you have? Uh, okay, uh, we have a lot of NBA questions. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, after the weekend, after LeBron's beat uh, the second best player in the NBA, Jason Tatum, apparently, on Sunday. Jason what? Tatum, he's he's played unbelievably well here. Yeah. In the last... Well, so is Zion. I mean, Zion's doing some... Some fun things here. Uh, he's in his uh, last four games, averaging twenty nine. He's shooting sixty percent from the floor. Now, and he got a three finally. He had four that opening night. hadn't had one since then, and had a three. But Jason Tatum, here's LeBron James talking about the Celtics star. You know, the kid is special, and obviously that's the reason he's first time All Star, and he's been special all year. Um, so you know, down the stretch, we put Casey on him as a designated uh, defender, but you know, he had eight eyes behind him. He had uh, four guys with eight eyes on him, just uh, just trying to help him talk, communicate. But he was he was special all night. Yeah, and the one thing to keep an eye on is can the Lakers defend that type of player? And I'm not just talking about the talents of Jason Tatum, but Pascal Siakam. You got Kawhi Leonard in there. There's there's a couple of guys that you're going to run into in the postseason or the chance to run into the postseason, whether it's in the Western Conference or if you get to the finals. Do they have somebody to guard that person? And I think that's why they went out and got Markeith Morris. Maybe he's a physical guy who can guard that kind of player. But that that's going to be an issue for the Lakers. But they did get the win with LeBron hitting the game winner. This is LeBron after that game. Every game is his own challenge. And uh, we knew that it was going to be a playoff in time type of uh, atmosphere today. One, because of the rivalry. Two, because of how, to, you know, how well they played against us in Boston. They beat the hell out of us there. Three, just uh, on the simple fact, there's two teams that has aspirations of holding that trophy up at the end of the season. So, you know, we knew uh, what we were getting ourselves into. They knew what they were getting themselves into. And it was, a, it was a great game for both teams. Yeah, and, you know, taking that big shot against Jalen Brown. You know, LeBron, he, okay, there's two things that concern me with the Lakers. One is LeBron James free throw shooting. This is not at the end of games. He's a clutch player, in my opinion, but if, if he gets to the line, he's not a great free throw shooter. Um, not even a very good free throw shooter. And at times, not a good free throw shooter. 
that and that defense of, of trying to guard somebody on the wing because it feels like every team has one of those players who's between 6'8 and 6'10 who can go off on you on the wing. Those are two things just to keep an eye on, I think, with the Lakers. Now, there's other things. Everybody has their flaws there, but these are things that stood out yesterday. And, and maybe it's recency bias, but LeBron at the line in a big moment and also Jason Tatum went off on, uh, on the Lakers. But they got the win. Yes, McLovin. We have more coming in. Oh, my God. I'm already tired of this. <laughs> so is America. Uh, Let's send it out live now to Andrew Perloff. Andrew. Do you want it now? Our, our handyman. Let's go out to our handyman. The handyman. Yeah. That's his nickname, the handyman. All right. <laughs> But, do, you, do you want one now or do you yeah, want to? Yeah. This is the big one. This is the big one. This I think oh, this is oh, teasworthy. Do we have to wait? Paulie's giving me the definitely wait side. Or he's either that or he's swimming. I can't tell what these arm motions mean. Uh, let's see. This program brought to you by True Car. Go to True Car to build your car and uh, compare models by options. From discovery to pricing to reviews, get everything you need. The new True Car. Looked like Paulie was an official calling traveling there as he, you know, telling McLovin, wait until after the break to bring up the big one. Uh, let me see. So we got our poll question, or at least I think we do. By the way, the big one or the small one, we will see. Okay, this could be Tua Punk yeah. Vialoa, how tall he is. Right, yeah, and we have, we have, actually, we have just a whole slew of other poll options. We haven't decided yet. All right, uh, so Chris Mannix, who covered the fight, will join us uh, coming up. What's next for both of these fighters? Mike Florio from NBC Sports. Where do we stand with that 17-game regular season schedule? He was a Zamboni driver, and then he became the star, uh, making his debut at the age of 42. Dave, uh, David Ayers will join us uh, coming up. Reggie Miller will stop by as well, talk about uh, all things NBA, including the tribute to Kobe Bryant and his daughter coming up later at Staples. So all of that's coming up on today's show. Best and worst of the weekend. What you saw that you liked, you didn't like, your opportunity to weigh in. You can uh, dial us up, 877-3DP-SHOW. Wait, wait, wait. We can't. (laughs) Take a break here. We'll come back with, is it Tua's height or hand size? After the break. 19 after the hour. Back after this. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Once again, it's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. Geico.com. You doing? I'm doing great, we got the man. Cats in the house tonight. Yes, we do, man. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. Titans in here. You know to go off, dude. We ready to do this stuff? I'm ready to rock, man. You ready to rock, camera yeah. guys? Ready to roll. Mike, you ready? Ready. Listen free to Hot Boxing, exclusively available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. You probably didn't know this. I don't know how you'll celebrate this, but it's Hand Size Monday. 
at least at the NFL Combine. McLevin just broke the news. Well, somebody else broke the news to McLevin, who broke the news on the program. Joe Burrow's height and hand size. He is a six three and a half, and his hand size is nine and what? McLevin. Joe Burrow is nine foot. I uh, nine inches flat. <laughs> nine inches flat. Hmm. What a disappointment. According to Tom Palacero, nine zero. Okay. And the next one is Tua Tonga Vailoa. Tua's measurements are out. Okay. It <laughs> hand size nine and three quarters. Very close. All right. And his height is he six two. Okay. Uh, no, he is six foot even. Wait, I. I... I was asking a question sort of for myself to answer. You, okay. You ruined the suspense there. 6-2, which he was listed at Alabama. I just ruined it. Yeah. But I, you saw him. Did you really think 6-2? No. No. I was going to say that he's 6-1. Tua is six feet tall. Yes. That'll work, right? I don't know. Why don't schools just tell the truth? <laughs> <laughs> well, in high school, were you listed at the accurate thing? Yes, unfortunately. Why? 6'3", 148. That killed your recruiting. You should have been 6'6", six, six, 190. <laughs> no, no. I played a lot bigger. No, I, no, we weren't lying about our height or weight back then. I was listed at 6'6", six, six, no joke. Number 55, 6'6", six, six, coming off the bench. Andrew McLovin Perlon. Andrew. Andrew. Handyman. Yes, Paulie. His Tua's player comp is Russell Wilson. Russell came in at the combine at 5'11", even, 204 pounds. Okay. Tua's 6 foot, 217. Inch taller, uh, 13 pounds heavier. Hmm. And so that's, you know, I don't think anyone's going to be concerned. Kyler Murray's 5'10". I don't care, but I haven't cared in decades. But everybody else, all these NFL personnel go, you got to have a guy who's sturdy in the pocket. You got to be 6'5", you got to be 225. I just want to know if you can play. There are a lot of guys who look the part. Yeah, McLevin. Breeze was six foot two, uh, with six foot as well. Six foot also. Six foot also. Yeah. That's another comp size. By the way, do you want to his hand size? Sure. Uh, you said nine and three quarters, nine and seven eighths. Oh, okay. All right. So sh- short with big hands will work because Russell has that. I just um, want to know if you can play. I, I, I don't care. You know, it's like you got to have big hands if you're going to play in cold weather. All right. Are there any measurements or height at any position that you kind of stick out to you, like 40 for a cornerback or bench press, or you just ignore most of this? I, I, I ignore most of this because I, I think it's all superfluous. You can make it something or you can make it very little or make it nothing at all. Because just like we're doing, oh, well, Joe Burrow's hands, okay, can he play? Yeah, he's six three and a half. Oh, is that too tall? If six four is too tall? Tua with his height. That's the problem with that position. We keep trying to put somebody, you know, in this mold and say, that's what you have to be. And therefore, how many teams have made mistakes because they buy into that? Yeah, Paul. I'd love to see a quarterback, instead of refusing to uh, take the wonderlick, refusing to do the hand measurement test. Just He keeps his hands in his pockets the entire time in Indianapolis, even out on the street. <sighs> All right. We'll uh, come up with our poll question, I believe. Are we going to stay on the fight there, McLevin? Sure. Which question you want to ask? Did they throw in the towel too early? Yes or no? Okay. The other option is do you not. Do you want to see a, a, a third fight? Do you want to see a yeah. rematch? We could ask that too. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm curious about that because I can't argue with what the, the corner did for Deontay Wilder. 
that's that's on them, and they know their fighter. And if if you're going to have another fight with Tyson Fury, then throw in the towel because you were not winning that fight. Tyson Fury was the better boxer. Chris Mannix saw the fight. The uh, senior uh, NBA writer, boxing writers for Sports Illustrated, also the the zone who joins us on the program. Let me start there, Chris. Do you want to see a third fight between these two? Uh, I, I would want to see it. Um, if I had my my druthers, I would like to see something happen in between, uh, specifically the the Tyson Fury Anthony Joshua matchup, which you know, in addition to being the biggest fight ever in British boxing history, is easily the biggest fight that can be made in boxing today. That's the kind of fight, Dan, that would sell out Wembley Stadium in about thirty five seconds and and just be a monster show. So I, I would like to see it down the line, but, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing Wilder, you know, kind of come back against somebody first. What did you hear about uh, Wilder's corner throwing in the towel? Was that the right move in the seventh? Well, there, there are multiple kind of things that, that interest me. And, and at the, after the fight, I asked JD's the head trainer for Deontay Wilder, who has been, with him every step of the way of his career, exactly what happened. Because the man that threw in the towel was Mark Breland, who's the assistant trainer with that group. Now, Mark is the only one there in that corner that has fighting experience. He's a former world-class boxer in the 1980s, um, a very accomplished guy. But he's not the head trainer. And it's rare, if not impossible, to have ever seen an assistant trainer throw in the towel. And Jay said something along the lines of, well, we operate more like an NFL team where I'm the head coach and Mark's the coordinator and he has more authority. But but that was strange. He, all that aside, he did the right thing in that moment. Uh, Deontay Wilder can't win a decision against Tyson Fury. Deontay Wilder really can't win a decision against almost any top heavyweight in the world. He's just not that that type of fighter. So if you watch that fight... By the fourth round, you know that Deontay Wilder is hurt, you know that his legs are gone, and you know that his power is gone as a result. So if we can see it, obviously Mark Breland can see it, and there's really no sense in Wilder taking a substantial beating over the next five rounds if he has no chance at, uh, at, winning, at, at making any kind of comeback with one big punch. If you were going to create a, a boxing figure... You you would you still wouldn't even create Tyson Fury. He feels like he's created with everything he's gone through, being overweight, being suicidal, being on drugs, losing all that weight, coming back, winning the heavyweight championship of the world. Uh, how far did, how far can he take this? Oh, I think he can take this to uh, much higher heights. I mean, he is now in a position where if the politics of boxing don't get in the way he can have one of the great heavyweight careers. I mean, one of the things that's plagued the great heavyweights of the last 20 years has been either the lack of opponents or the, the inability to make fights because of the the fractured nature of boxing. I mean, Vladimir Klitschko spent over a decade as uh, a world champion, a unified world champion. But I mean, his fights often went unnoticed because they didn't fight anybody. They didn't have any of those top tier opponents to face over the next 18 months, Dan, you know, if Tyson Fury fights and beats Anthony Joshua, which is a great fight, and frankly, not, not one I'm sure that he, he's going to win, but if he fights and beats Anthony Joshua, if he fights and beats Deontay Wilder again, 
you know, with his personality, which is as flamboyant as any heavyweight I've ever covered, and hmm. what most people tell me is the most flamboyant since Muhammad Ali. His backstory, um, you know, he has a chance to to enter the mainstream consciousness in, in maybe no f- a way that no fighter ever has since the days of Mike Tyson. Yeah, it was quite an entrance. Uh, you know, he's licking blood off uh, Wilder's neck. He sings American Pie, you know, almost the full song after the uh, the bout. Hey, you you got to buy just just an aside, Dan. You you've got to be careful with Tyson Fury. I, I did. I almost got fired from NBC for for because of Tyson Fury. Because back in the day, I, I did. I was part of the broadcast team for his first fight against uh, against Steve Cunningham. It was at Madison Square Garden, the theater. And this is main network NBC, so you got commercial breaks there. So Tyson wins that fight by knockout. At the end of the fight, he's ripping the microphone away from me as I'm holding on to it for dear life. He's pulling it away from me, and he starts singing another song in the middle of it. Let's just say after that I got a a couple of phone calls from network executives there reminding me that I'm uh, not supposed to give up the microphone. You never give up the microphone. I've had a couple of incidents at the Super Bowl on the podium where that happened. We're talking to Chris Mannix, great uh, NBA writer, boxing writer. Uh, you got the Kobe Bryant tribute that'll be at uh, Staples Center. I'm looking at all of the teams that are um, giving the opportunity for some of their some of the players to represent these teams at this uh, tribute. What do you expect to happen with this? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know honestly. I mean, I'm headed over there in a couple of hours, and I, I expect it to be incredibly emotional. Um, you know, I'm expecting to just based on some of the Instagram stuff, we'll probably see Vanessa Bryant for the first time uh, out in public. Um, I, I really don't have an answer, Dan. I mean, it's just you, you got the Celtics who are sticking around after the game yesterday, to, and you'll see a lot of members of their team um, at that memorial. And I think you'll hear from a lot of different players, and certainly from LeBron once again. And it's just going to be powerful. I mean, this this was you know like one of the hottest tickets out there. I mean, they're going to see the Staples Center. Uh, completely sold out, and it's just going to be a, a really emotional scene. And they're going with 224, uh, 20 for uh, Kobe's number yeah. 24, and Gianna's number was two. Uh, so, therefore, that's why we have the 224 20. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be a memorial for both, and certainly a memorial honoring all the victims of that crash. I mean, it's one of those things that you kind of walk into with no idea exactly what you're going to see, except, you know, a lot of Laker fans and a lot of of tears in the crowd. Thank you, Chris. We appreciate your time. You got it, Dan. That's Chris Mannix, Sports Illustrated and also a boxing writer and reporter for DAZN. You got the Rockets uh, sending James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Uh, Kobe's wife and three surviving daughters are expected to attend. Um Clippers are going to have players there. The Golden State Warriors will. The Memphis Grizzlies, uh, who play at Staples on Monday night, will also have players there as well. They're expecting more than 200,000 fans. A celebration of life for Kobe. That will air on ESPN and uh, ESPN Radio. And that's at 1 o'clock Eastern. Uh, yeah, the, the, uh, Steve Kerr says Draymond Green, Steph Curry, and the team's GM Bob Myers will represent the Warriors. So you got to... Uh, quite a few teams sending some representatives there for that celebration of life with Kobe Bryant. Best and worst of the weekend. We'll have that for you coming up. You can also give us your best and worst, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle with DP Show. Top of the hour, Mike Florio will help us understand 
Oh, no. A hand size is in. What can be more important than Joe Burrow and Tua Tonga Vailoa, McLevin? Well, we're getting into the small hands category. I don't even know if I want it. Some people are not going to be happy after this morning's measurements. Does Justin Herbert have small hands? Find out after the break. Well, wait, I have a couple more minutes before the break. Hmm. <laughs> do you do you want me to do that to build up the I give you, attention okay, I, here? I give you an option. Do you want to go with a small hand guy or a gigantic hand guy? Uh, let me go gigantor. Okay, you just nailed it on the head. Uh, Justin Herbert has huge hands. Okay. And he, he measured a 10-inch hand uh, and height. Guess his height, Justin Herbert, Oregon quarterback. Six, three and a quarter. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, six, uh, six, Huge. six, five and five eighths. He went over six, 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 Uh-oh. six and a quarter. Uh-oh. I know that's Uh-oh. real trouble. People are hoping he'd get under six, six. Uh oh. <laughs> Did you see what yeah. they're showing? The, 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 I have this rubber hand that you can you you can put your hand in it and you can hold a beer with it. <laughs> that gigantor hand. That's that's not Justin Herbert's hand there. <laughs> All right, the small hand is attached to who? Oh, I feel so bad for this guy. Is this love? No, no, no. I haven't seen Jordan Love yet. It might have happened yet. Okay, but, uh, okay. This is a guy who had a lot of success in college, but has not really gotten that much buzz as a potential first rounder because he's not a huge guy, not a really strong arm guy. But he was in the final four a couple years ago. Not Jalen Hurts. Or- no, Hurts did come in too, but I didn't even think he wanted that. Okay. Uh, Average arm had a lot of success. Beat out Bryant. No, Kelly Bryant. Oh no, beat out a couple of future superstar. Well, beat out one future superstar, Justin Fields, and beat out another, Jacob Eason, who got measured today at the University of Georgia. Oh, from yes, small hands. Uh oh, eight and seven eighth, Dan. Man, <laughs> do you think wherever he goes now, people are going to stare at his hands? Like they won't yeah. even make eye contact. Absolutely, <laughs> okay. he just walks around with his hands in his pocket now, all over. He's going to wear gloves, mittens. Yeah, Paul. Can he go back to college and prepare his hands for next year and get them bigger? No chance, right? He measured at six one and seven eighth, which I guess is pretty good. And it, but they give wingspan for a quarterback. I don't even know what that means. I guess it's, put your hands. He's got a 75 wingspan. I, I remember talking to uh, a source who talked about him and said he was as bright as any quarterback that he had seen. Like he was really a good student of the game, but he didn't have the great. He had a great. He had an NFL offensive line at Georgia, but he and he was very intelligent. He just didn't know if he had the qualities like the actual um, talent athleticism to play in the NFL and be a star in the NFL. So that was back. It might've been prior to the Notre Dame game, maybe after the Notre Dame game, but there, it, it, I just remember where I wanted to know how good he was. And uh, I remember the scout said, well, he's got a, an NFL offensive line and he's really smart, but I don't know if he's athletic enough to be a starter in the NFL. Yeah, I, I mean, with hands that small, you better be smart if you're going to be playing quarterback. Yeah, the scout eight and seven eighth. Yeah, the scout didn't mention his hand size. He didn't. He wasn't aware of it. It was implied in yeah, the scout's course stake, it was. By the way, of course it was. All right, uh, Mike Florio, top of the hour. Uh, the Zamboni driver uh, David Ayers will join us coming up. He made his 
NHL debut. I have some numbers on that. That uh, I don't think he's the oldest to ever make his NHL debut at 42. I think there's a legendary figure who made his NHL debut at the age of 43. Have that for you coming up. Also, Reggie Miller will join us as well. Your phone calls are always welcome. Uh, 877-3DP-SHOW. And we'll get to those coming up. Play of the Day is up next here on the Dan Patrick Show. If you're looking to add some excitement, make BetDSI.com your betting partner. Use BetDSI's live betting platform where you can watch all the events and even bet all the games until the final whistle. New members get a 100% bonus match using promo code DP101. That's double your money to start winning today. Why choose BetDSI? BetDSI has been paying winners for 20 years and is top rated on betting review sites. Use your sports knowledge to make some extra cash this week. BetDSI has a user-friendly interface and mobile site and has the fastest payouts in the the industry. Simply play, win, and get paid. BetDSI offers betting options for everything. Bet on NFL, NBA, NHL, boxing, and all other major sports, politics, reality TV, esports, virtually everything. Try live betting at BetDSI, where you can bet on games from start to finish, every play, and every minute until the end. New members get a 100% bonus match using promo code DP101. That's double your money to start winning today. Once again, go to BetDSI and use promo code DP101 and get this limited time on 100% bonus offer to make some extra cash. It's only a game until you bet it. Bet DSI. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the support this podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and of course, supporting. And now, back to the show. Oh my God. The play, the play, is play. of the day. This is the play of the day. Check this out. Here goes Keith Mumphrey. And they're going to turn it around with William on the near side. And for the first time, they get creative. And the Battle Hawks have the sideline. And a kickoff return from Joe Powell to the end zone. Oh. It's courtesy of Sirius XM Radio. Little Nelly, St. Louis native. Football back in St. Louis for the first time since 2015. And the uh, Battle Hawks have the first kickoff return for a touchdown. St. Louis wins it. They had almost 30,000 fans. There. That was nice. Nice little crowd there. Play of the day. Brought to you by Tacovas. Gentlemen, listen up. Tacovas boots are handmade. Full grain leathers, world class boot makers. Tacovas cuts out the middlemen. Sells directly to you at amazing prices. Shipping returns. Exchanges are free and easy. Visit Tacovas, T E C O V A S dot com slash DP. Tacovas Western Goods for New Frontiers. Uh, any other hand sizes? Any other heights? Yeah, we got a guy you asked about. Uh, Jordan Love is yeah. out. Um, do you want me to just give it to you? Or He doesn't seem like a big guy. He's 6'3 six, and 6'8. Six, eight. Six, eight. I'm sorry. I don't know why they're listing it at 6'8. Man, I didn't think he was that tall. Yeah. Okay. Uh, weight 224, but here's the big headline for him. Okay. Hands, 10 and a half. Okay. <laughs> well, now he can play. Well, that's all I needed to know. They, the scouts seem to love him. Uh, and I remember watching I, at least one full game and it felt like they, they were outmanned. They didn't have, he didn't have a lot of talent there or they had injuries there. Was but, that the LSU game by any chance? No. They got killed by LSU. 
No, this yeah. would have been a game that I should never have watched. Oh, like one of those later. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, why am I watching this? By the way, I watched the Oregon-Arizona basketball game. Yeah, huh? your guy. Oh, my God. Peyton Pritchard went off for, I think, 38. And Bill Walton's calling the game. And, of course, you got Nico Mannion in there with Arizona, so I wanted to see how well he would do. I, I don't think Oregon's very good, but... You know, Pritchard's going to play in the NBA. Uh, he's got great range. Uh, he's quick, fast, uh, not afraid. Uh, Nico Mannion's got some work. I know there were some mock drafts that had him in the top 10. He's not ready. He's got talent. He's not ready. I mean, there's a lot of uh, you know kids who aren't ready and they get drafted, but uh, Pritchard's a senior. Yeah, McLovin. Yeah, I was going to ask Nico Mannion. I after you tweeted, uh, texted us and watched that game. Yeah. Uh, I was like, Nico Mannion's not ready to go pro, so he could probably come back, right? He's oh, not yeah. a definite go out guy. He should come back. He just he's just not ready yet. Got a lot of talent. Not ready. Yeah, Paul. I love you breaking down some Pac-12 hoops. Oh, I know. I, I it's just, awesome. I but I think the game started around nine o'clock, so it it was right in my wheelhouse. Was it on that cool Oregon home court, uh, or was it Arizona? It was in Arizona. In okay. Arizona, yeah. Yeah, and and Oregon won by two. Yeah, McLovin. You say that they, you don't know how good they are. Is does that mean anything ahead of this tournament? Isn't it any? Aren't all sixty four teams in it in a way? I mean, they could be as good as any of these other teams. But can you win six games in a row? I mean, that's. I guess you got maybe, probably, six teams that could win seven games in a row. Is there that big a difference between, say, an Oregon and a San Diego State or a Dayton or a even a Baylor? I don't know. But you've got to win six games in a row. But how do you know a Baylor could win six games in a row? I don't, but they did win you know, 23 in a row before losing to Kansas. San Diego State lost this weekend. They had won 26 in a row. Gonzaga had won 19 in a row and lost. So the uh, two schools with the uh, longest active winning streaks... Dayton and New Mexico State at 16 apiece. But, you know, when it comes to trying to handicap this field, uh, it's tougher because I don't think you have great players. And usually with a great player that you can kind of ride that player. You know, when Carmelo Anthony was at Syracuse, even though he had a a really good supporting cast and he had a Hall of Fame coach, Melo being a freshman, you know, they got hot at the right time and they rode his coattails with, you know, Jerry McNamara and they ended up winning a national title. We thought that maybe Zion would do that for Duke, but, uh, you know, obviously weren't able to do that. I don't know if you have that player this year where you go, that guy right there, you know, Obi Toppin at Dayton is a really wonderful player. I don't know if you can load up on him and you can win six games in a row. Yeah, McLovin. I think some of this is defined by the fact that Duke and North Carolina are down. I mean, North Carolina's out, but Duke feels a lot down, even though they're still, I think, top 10. Kentucky doesn't have a big-name player. Syracuse is on the bubble here. Uh, Louisville. You know, so you got these blue bloods that you normally expect them to be there. Now, I mean, there's a couple of surprising stories. UCLA's been a surprising story there. there there's a, a few of them, but, uh, you know, as far as the typicals, you're going, uh, you, know, I mean, you know, Kansas is in there, and Bill Self is, you know, maybe got the best team in the country. I don't know. Uh, Gus in Los Angeles. Hey, Gus, what do you have? Hey there, Mr. DP. Good morning. Hey, bud. Uh, just calling. Uh, about to start making my way down to Staples here in a little bit. 
the memorial. And I just wanted to reach out and say thank you to you and the Danettes. Um, you know, the 27th was a rough morning to get through, but you guys did it. You, you guys have helped us, Laker fans, Kobe fans, Los Angelinos, anybody that hurt over this tragedy, you guys get up every morning and you guys do the best damn job out of anybody in the industry to help us get our minds off it. Like you guys are making me laugh with the hands and everything, the hand measurements. And it's a, you know, it's kind of like, you know, yes, it's going to be a celebration of life, but it's going to be a rough morning saying goodbye to my, the only man I ever looked up to as an idol because I didn't have a father growing up. And uh, I just wanted to say thank you to you guys. Every morning I'm listening, you, Fritzy, uh, Paulie, Seton, McLovin, everybody. Thank you guys across the board. You guys are hands down the best. I, I love you guys. You guys have a great hell of a week. You all take care. Thank you, Gus. More phone calls coming up, best and worst of the weekend. Mike Florio at the top of the hour. Where do we stand on this 17-game regular season? Also, former Zamboni driver David Ayers will join us after making his NHL debut, and Reggie Miller will stop by as well. Podcast One has some exciting news. It's official. Our shows are now available on Spotify, and it's free. We want to make it super easy for you and your friends to listen to our podcasts. And joining Spotify allows us to be in even more places for fans to find us. If you're already listening to music on Spotify, you can now listen to our podcasts in the same place. If you're not on Spotify yet, all you have to do is download the free app. That's right. No credit card necessary and simply search for our shows to start listening.